0: This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised.
1: You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hey,
2: everybody. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex and intimacy coach and psychologist, and I have spent the last 30-plus years helping people to create and maintain hot and healthy sexual and intimate relationships. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Today, the letter is Q and Q is for quarantine sex. Joining me today to talk all things quarantine is Tess. Tess is a psychotherapist, public speaker, representation and inclusion consultant, LGBTQIA awareness trainer and vice chair of the national charity by Pride UK, as well as their private practice, Starlight Therapy, where they work exclusively with gender and gender relationship and sexually diverse clients. They speak all over the UK on issues of representation and inclusion, have taught LGBTQIA awareness sessions in a number of settings from schools to corporate away days and provide consultancy packages to companies and organizations including services such as policy writing and staff venturing which is great welcome to the show hello thank you for having me oh my pleasure so here we are let's talk quarantine yeah tough right Oh my God. So um, yeah, it is, you know, it's been a really interesting one thinking about this because um, when we talked about doing QAs for quarantine sex, we really didn't know how long this was gonna go on. And now we're talking about things opening up. Um, but for a lot of us, it's still not gonna be open. You know, like for anyone like me with autoimmune disease, um, who and and for anyone who takes immunosuppressant medication, for anyone who's got heart problems, for anyone who um, has had recent surgery. I mean, all of those things mean, um, lung problems mean that opening back up is still really dangerous. And so I have to kind of wonder how uh, people are going to approach this, like whether they'll actually see the quarantine is ending. Do you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, it's going to be difficult because there are going to be a set of people that are going to feel freer and going to be able to have those um, or have that ability to go out and see more people under those ease of restrictions. And there are going to be people like you and like me who are going to then see that and maybe feel even more isolated and feel even less able to connect
2: yeah, no, I have, because I, I kind of feel like that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm shielding with my husband, so I'm not alone, which is nice. Um, but I'm polyamorous, and I'm separate from um, my other um, partner that I would be seeing considerably more of, and also distant from um, my... Um, Partners in the U.S. who normally I would see every two months. Like actually, right now I'm supposed to be in the U.S. I was supposed to be at a woman's um, leather sex event this week that I go to every year, and we're all in our disparate places. Um, And I was supposed to then go off and um, see um, some of my other polyamorous partners, and I don't know if I'll see them before 2021.
3: Gosh, yeah, that's hard, and I'm, I'm struggling with like not seeing my best friend who's a 45 minute drive away and not seeing that. And I don't know when I will see them either. And that's really tough because I'm a really tactile person. I thrive off of hugs and that physical contact that, that kind of sustains me. So not having that ability to have that. And even under the easing of the lockdowns, we still need to stay that, that time away so i don't know even if i could go out even if i will go out to to have to spend those two meters away and be like oh they're close but you still can't touch them i don't i don't know if i have the ability or the strength within me to to be that close and not have that hug
2: yeah no. so we were talking about this in in terms of skin hunger and that uh, you know lot there are lots of people who have significant skin hunger um who get those? Who aren't necessarily in relationships, so they get those needs met by friendships. Mm-hmm. And that, societally, for us, at least for this part of the world, you know, hugging and stuff is is definitely something that people do with their their loved ones, um, particularly in um, in GSRD. Communities. Yes. Physical touch is, is particularly something that is shared by a lot of people. And whether or not that's actually going to change post lockdown and it, have it be, you know, people were talking about that being the new normal. And I'm not sure how I feel about that.
3: It scares me as a hugger, as someone whose identity is formed around being known as an amazing hugger. Um, that kind of frightens me the the idea of going out and not being able to hug or being able to hug under very strict circumstances or um hugging always happens under the framework of consent if I don't know someone there's always like questions is it okay to hug you but then having maybe a lot more questions rather than just the consent questions maybe the kind of the kind of history of have you been alone for two weeks you know how where have you been before being able to hug someone kind of more intimate of an act than it maybe has been so what it reminds me of and what
2: this whole situation reminds me of and this is you know somewhat ages me in that I lived through um the the beginning of the AIDS crisis um and and i was a grown up and i was active sexually and we were not taking precautions and in my day in the early 80s in the in the environment i was in um people didn't pay as much attention to orientation so i was sleeping with gay men bisexual men you know i mean people were being fluid in the communities i ran not in every community but certainly in the communities i ran in so um You know, I always say that for the grace because I easily could have been somebody who could have gotten sick and died because I was promiscuous and I was, you know, there was no safe sex, but we learned, right? We had to learn because people Mm -hmm. were dying. So we had to learn what we had to do to keep ourselves safe. And this feels very much like that for me, mm -hmm. right? That, that like the kind of I'll hug anybody because I enjoy hugging. I'll be physically close with people um, I might, you know, I, I'm, I don't have much casual sexual contact given um, given the way I like to play, but, um, you know, I might be more willing to have casual sexual contact. But now I'm sort of like, hmm, and, and it feels very similar to having to decide when you're going to be completely safe, i.e. not touch someone at all, Or when you're going to use a condom or when you're, you know, are you going to use a condom for oral sex and a dental dam for oral sex or not? You Mm -hmm. know, are you going to engage in anal sex or not? And so all those sorts of risk assessment questions, and I know that I've mentioned this before on the show, but they're coming back into, I think, post-lockdown COVID around just general physical contact. And that feels really sad to me.
3: It really is. It is, I know I keep saying for like, for people like me who are huggers, but it's kind of, it's devastating for like, even just to be kind of not necessarily just hugging, but to kind of hold people's hand to link up with someone's arm. And I do that so naturally with my friends in my friendship circles. It's just something I do. And to have to hold myself back, if I do go out and see them, it's going to be, I'm going to have to do those risk assessments. It's not going to be a case of me having to be like, oh, I'm just going to go see my friend. It's going to be a case of me having to do those ab- absolute risk assessments. How much of a risk am I? How much of a risk are they? And is that low enough? So making that comparison is is really interesting. And not, I, I was, a, you know, a, a, I'm going to say a youngster. When you were younger. Yeah, I was a younger, um, you know, they kind of flew over my head. I really wasn't aware of what was going on. It's only kind of growing up, being older and learning my career history of going, oh, wow. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, and and again, and there were two groups of people back
2: then. We're a few minutes from break, so I'll finish this and then we'll say what we're going to do next. But, you know, if, you know, there were two groups of people. There was the group of people who, once it hit home... And, you know, first we couldn't get a handle on what was happening anyway, so nobody understood. So a lot of people did a lot of la-la-la, I'm not listening, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But then you got to a point where there were the group of people who were like, okay, now we get it. This is what we need to do to stay safe. And they decided to do what they needed to do to stay safe. And then a group of people who were – there are actually three groups. One who were making conscious choices to say, you know what, no – I'm still going to do these things. And then one group who were still, la, 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 I'm not listening. And actually, it feels like that's what's going on right now. I mean, when we go, um, my uh, husband and my son went to the tip the other day, and um, my son was the one who was doing all the stuff, and he had a mask and gloves, and he said that the only there were only three people there other than the staff, and he was one of them with masks and gloves. And like people were like, oh, yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. And it it just it seems very much a huge level of denial, and 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 I have to wonder how much of that is that, that they don't, you know, these are the people who haven't been impacted by somebody near them being ill or dying, um, and so they just can't believe, you know, they go, oh, I don't have this disease or that disease. I'm young. I'm this, and so they just can't believe anything's going to happen. Um, So we are about two minutes from break, maybe one minute from break now. When we come back, we'll pick this up and we'll talk about what are the options that you have. We'll talk about some of the obvious options, but we're going to talk about some of the not so obvious options. Like guys, you need to really be looking at energy and how you experience energy, because this is one way to get touched without being physically touched. And it is absolutely phenomenal if you're good at it and you're with someone who's good at it. It feels fantastic. But let's talk about how you can get into this, how you can find out about this, um, because this may be kind of some of the new best sex you can have. So we'll be back after a couple of minutes with some words from our sponsors.
1: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. This is part two of Q is for quarantine sex. And I am with Tess today. And we are talking all about quarantine sex. And what we said before the break was we were going to talk about ways to be touched without physically being present. Because let's face it, we're going to have to actually ration some of our physical touch. Some of us are going to be stuck in quarantine for far longer and others even when we're out, we're going to have to be careful about who we decide that we're actually going to become physically close to. Um, so, energy. You know, um, I teach energy play, and um, a lot of times people are kind of like, oh, woo, oh, uh, you know, they don't know what you're talking about. But, um, but energy is energy is energy, right? You can feel it, you can do something with it. And if you can learn to generate energy, then you can reach out and touch someone at a distance. It isn't as difficult as you might think. There are some great ways to start working with energy, and one of them is to to, um, start working with um, Qigong, which is a a Chinese method of working with energy, and it's just nice, simple, and straightforward and teaches you how to pull up from your feet or from the ground because usually you root into the ground, so pull up. And then actually move the energy around. And there's some nice, easy exercises. If you put qigong in Google, because I don't have any specific book I'm going to recommend on this one. There's a load of stuff out there. And actually, there's some great YouTube videos. If you're having trouble finding it, put in Tai Chi on YouTube. And then look for the part where they talk about the internal discipline, which is about the chi and about moving the energy. And that's a great way to start. They're not going to talk anything about sex at all. They're just going to talk about moving energy and generating energy, but if you do listen to some of the old masters, they talk about tai chi, people think of as a, as a very relaxate, a relaxing practice and a meditative practice, and it is that, but it is also a martial art and a very deadly one. And um, when you listen to the old masters talk, the way that they create damage is actually through the um, focusing of um, an intense amount of energy and pushing that so it's it's really interesting stuff to listen to and there are some really easy exercises to practice and once you get some skill then reach out and try and touch somebody it's amazing when somebody's good at that it's just amazing when somebody's good at that when i first um started seeing my husband he was in california and i was here and um I, and needless to say, I found that somewhat difficult. And I remember being on the phone one night early on in our relationship, and, and I felt him. And I went, uh, no, it's not possible. And I was somebody who'd worked with energy for years, but the idea that somebody could be that far away from me and I could actually feel his lips on my neck or, better yet, feel him penetrate me, which was the thing that really freaked me out. I went, what?! And said, wait a minute, is that you? And he said, well, who else would it be? And I'm like, yeah, no, okay, uh-uh, imagining it. And he's like, yeah, okay. And then, he's like, and then he moved. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, all right. And so um, I was like, okay, so this is a great thing if you are distant from people and you're, or you're concerned about actual physical contact. But you got to practice. You have to learn and you have to practice. It's a discipline and it takes some time. And I know only a few people who are as good as my husband who can touch you from a distance. And thankfully, they're in my life. So that makes it even easier for me. <laughs> but it is great stuff, isn't it? It's a lot of fun to play with. And when uh, lockdown does end for me at some point, I will be teaching energy play again. I may do an energy play class on um, on um, Zoom. I thought it's about- something that you that. can do online? Yeah, I may be doing an energy, I may do an energy play class on Zoom. In fact, I'll commit to doing that next month so that people can get a, a better sense of this. And if you want to learn about energy play and you want to learn about the movement of energy, all you need to do, email me at loribeth at Lori com and tell me you're interested and I will send you the details as soon as I schedule the class, but I will do one in June so that, um, because I do feel like it's, it's an underused resource. And it's, you know, it's, better than, it's better than feeling so separate. It connects you and it makes you feel connected. And so you're feeling so separate. Also, there's all sorts of health benefits and there's all sorts of benefits to using, it, to being more aware of, of all of yourself in your life. And that's what this is about, being all aware of all of you and being able to use all of your gifts. Um, but that's one of my ones for quarantine sex. If you know how to do this, it's great because then it's something. What
3: about if you don't know how to do that?
2: Um, I think the next best thing is really to start being present with each other, even though it's only video. And actually, you'll then feel the energy, so you'll be start practicing right there. You may, people may not be aware of it, but once you start really being present with someone, the, the video screen disappears. And that's because you're making a full connection, including spiritual, if that's what you want to call it, or subtle body, some people call it. You're making that full connection. And when you make that full connection, you're not aware of distance. So that's a good way to start testing stuff like that out. Um, So I advise people to do things like embodiment exercises online with each other. Do some
3: eye gazing. Eye gazing is a good one. Be quite uncomfortable if you're not used to it.
2: Yes. So for those of you who have never done eye gazing, many people think when they gaze straight into someone's eyes that they're either propositioning them or they're um, wanting to fight. I say it's either fuck them or fight them. Um, You know, uh, if you do this with a friend, it may feel a little bit uncomfortable at first because that's what our program response is from um, our cultures. But It doesn't have to be fuck them or fight them. It can just be contact, connect. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people, you know, start start 30 seconds with your eyes closed. Set a timer. You know, if you find yourself giggling, don't worry about it. Just start again. If you have lots of thoughts in your head, don't worry about them. Let them drift forward. Do it again. And then try 30 seconds face-to-face. Now I always find it amusing because people develop these systems in order to deal with their anxiety. So they'll look left eye, right eye, nose. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you find yourself like looking like I'll have somebody always it'll be a guy who'll tell me I did really well. I I looked at her left eye or right eye or nose and I was looking all around her face I'm like okay so you weren't just making contact with her. Well, I was, I was, I was looking at, looking at. I'm like, okay, so the looking, the at bit is the bit that tells you you weren't. You were busy going from bit to bit. I just wanted you to make the contact. So just gaze. And it is really difficult. I do think it's anxiety provoking for most people.
0: Hmm.
3: So, So the internet's like been really important and I don't know. So with exercises like that, especially at the moment, you just wouldn't be able to do it without the internet and without that technology so i think i'm i'm just really happy for that right now and i wonder um because i know there are some people and some of my friends who don't have the best kind of internet connections yeah. and how how they might form that connection is there a way that they can can do that
2: I mean I think I think you know I think you can um you can try sitting with somebody quietly without gazing just sitting with them quietly on a phone right so you can try that it's not going to be the same but you can actually still still be connecting then and have the thought in your head that I'm that you know we're connecting or do something, I mean, then then it gets into, because I think that's complicated, it gets into do some things together. So if you don't have a great internet connection, but you can phone somebody, so do something together on the phone. Well, what are you going to do together on the phone? Well, you're not going to do anything you can watch, right? You don't want to do anything that needs a visual. Um, so besides conversation, you know, you could um, play an audiobook book mm-hmm. that you listen to together and then talk about later. I think the thing is, is that reading to each other and stuff like that—it's different. It's an active, it's it's an active activity. With this, you want to just be a kind of companionably together, and feeling the contact. Mm-hmm. And so, having it be something outside of you that you're doing together is probably easier. Yeah. And pick a couple of people that you want to do this with and tell them. And it doesn't have to be a really long thing either. Like if you have a, your internet connection isn't great, but your internet will hold up for five or 10 minutes, make it five or 10 minutes. Don't make it an hour Zoom. You know, just make sure that you do that. Do a FaceTime on your phone instead of via internet. I mean, we don't have a very good phone signal here. So when our internet gets buggy, we're screwed. Yeah. yeah. Writing letters for renewing contact also. You know, you know, remember that the, the old ways of yeah, they keeping exist, contact they? with people. They they still exist. Hmm. And write an erotic letter for God's sake. You know, you want to know about having sex while you're in quarantine, you can't think of ways to do it. Record something, send a saucy message.
3: Oh that's a good idea. That's just, oh, that's just a little light but I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, mm, I'm going to, oh, yes. Well,
2: because I've been doing this, idea. because I've just started this Erotica podcast and I'm doing recording for it. It's like made me think all about how we make that connection and communicate with people. And I thought, well, you know, it's there's, it's really hot to have somebody record a, a, a message for you. I had somebody read me a story the other day and record it. If I press the button and I had the story in my ear. Oh my God.
3: So hot. Yeah, I can Im- yeah, if I received one, yeah, if I received one of those now. Yeah, I can imagine that. Like, yeah, absolutely. That would work. I mean, and it's really special, right? It's
2: like, it's like it's directed at you. And it doesn't even matter what it is that the person's reading, right? It's directed at you. And, and the person is taking the time to share this with you, you get their voice and everything else that goes with it. If you know the person well enough, you can bring everything there. And it's just, it's just a really nice way to make contacts. So it's about I, I really think it's about being creative right now about how we make those contacts and not just relying on the, you know, everybody goes, Oh, yeah, let's have a Zoom together. Yes, it's wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I love my Zooms. But not just relying on that. And particularly when you're talking about what can you do, what kind of sexual activity can you have? Well, yeah, you can masturbate together. You can watch each other and stuff. But let's get more creative than that. Some of the older, old-fashioned stuff, as the way I think of it, is really fucking hot as far as I'm concerned. It's it's like, yeah, wow. Um, So we are one minute from break, believe it or not. When we come back, we'll talk more about some of these other methods that you might think to have quarantine sex. And, and we'll see what kind of adventurous things we can come up with. We'll be back with uh, um, part three after a couple of words from our sponsors.
1: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time
2: Hi everybody! Welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and I'm joined by Tess today. And this is part three of Q is for Quarantine Sex. So we said we said we left off with the idea of um, you know recording something for someone, a story or a comment or something sexy, something to start things off. If you're really shy about um, being visual. Um, So being on video, sometimes the auditory stuff will really do it. You know, that kind of takes it away from the self-consciousness of being on camera, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, I'm, yeah, for me, I'm not one that can, especially with the the videos, because you can see yourself. And that's just no...
2: You can turn that off, you know.
3: So, I know, but you still know it's there. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And I know, there's still you do. something about knowing that it's there, that it's just a...
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to do mutual masturbation as part of your quarantine sex on video, you got to feel comfortable about seeing each other. It's also actually not so easy to do mutual masturbation on video as part of quarantine sex because... Um, if you want to see the other person's genitals, let's be clear about this because, you know, the camera doesn't really point there. So you either then end up seeing genitals or face, which one do you want to see? <laughs> you got to make a decision because you're not going to get everything into the picture. Um, and so, yeah, so that can be difficult, but you can, you know, do all sorts of other bits and pieces. I have a friend who, who has been stripping for her partner. They're um, apart. Um, and she's in fact polyamorous. She was doing it for her, main, her primary partner and then was talking about doing it for a group. But that's what she's been doing. She's been stripping on, um, on um, Zoom. So she's got, managed to get a cam- the camera for the, for the uh, laptop set up in such a way. And she's far enough from the camera and she starts the strip where you can see her full body and moves forward during the strip. And she likes to do stuff like that. I always feel very awkward.
3: Yeah, I would. I I think it's amazing to have the confidence and the the ability to do that. Um, It well, wow! I I think I'm just in awe, to be honest. As someone um, with kind of uh, kind of physical health issues, I think I'd like do one, and then I'd be like the next two days. I'd be like, was it worth it?
2: I actually took a, a strip class at, a, at an event called Desire a couple of years ago. Um, this is an all-women's event that happens once a year um, in Palm Springs. Um, um, for, and I would be there now were it not COVID. Oh, is that the one you I, I'm missing it terribly. 200, 200 to 250 women. And wow. I, I mean, I love this event every year. It's a, it's a sex-positive leather women's event. And... Um, so they postponed to 2021. So I'll be there in 2021. But you um, there was a class that I took there one year about stripping, and I I have no confidence when it comes to stuff like that. I I don't um, I don't see myself as graceful. There's I've, I've done quite a bit of writing on this. There's writing in my book about it. Um, I had a partner some years ago who was determined to teach me grace. This was. Um, Wow, some years ago. This is like 30 years ago. Let's be real here. It's more than 30, (laughs) 35 years ago. Shit. Um, But yeah, he was going to teach me how to be graceful and particularly how to be graceful in heels. Now, I now know why I shouldn't wear heels and I don't wear heels. I've got issues that say I should never wear heels. However, um, back then I wore them occasionally um, and I wasn't graceful without being in heels and he wanted me to be graceful in heels. And if I tell you some of the worst experience of my life was being forced to walk back and forth across the room, right, to try and and appear. And the the longer I did it, the less graceful I was, the more clumsy I felt. So, yeah, no. So my view of myself in terms of stripping has always been, no, I'm not going to try that because I'm, I'm just not very good at this stuff. But actually, the class was taught in a way that almost anybody could do it. And it was simple moves. There was no dancing involved, right? There was some very simple things that you could do that invited people in, that showed yourself off, and and um, it actually made it approachable. It was like because there was no dancing, none, right? You know, like it's two steps forward, one step back, you know, that sort of thing. But it was all about turning your body and 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 leaning into somebody and maybe a touch and you know pulling back and. So it was, it, was, um, it was something that I, I would do based on that because I don't have any confidence for, for the dancing kind. You know, I, I know some really good strippers and I am not them. Um, but yeah, so that, that's what one person is doing in terms of quarantine sex. Others are um, getting a group of people together and telling stories. I know a group who are watching movies, watching porn together. I'm watching erotica together. So that's kind of interesting. And then, you know, and being honest and being real, there are people who are choosing to break quarantine. Yeah. You know, and, and, and in talking with lots of people, if you are feeling that the isolation is too much, um, it, you know, people who are risk assessing and saying, okay, I'm going to balance the risk of me catching COVID with the risk of me having a, um, a serious depression. I actually had a client who puts it exactly that way.
3: Yeah, I've, I've got clients who have done that too. And it's it's difficult to hold that space as someone who is, not doing it and not going out and getting those hugs and choosing not to, and then having the clients who are going, I can't, I have to, and having that, that conflict and not forcing my own kind of judgments on them because they are making the choices that are right for them right now.
2: Yeah. I know. I mean, it's what, the way that I um, have been dealing with it is to ask people to actually go through in significant detail um, a risk assessment, uh, you know, and not just say the words risk assessment, which is what people often do, right? Yeah. So, okay, so let's talk about this. So what are the risks? And first of all, is your friend coming to you or are you going to your friend? Right, because it's different. You know, if your friend's coming to you, What are the risks in that? So where have they been? You know, how will they travel to you? How many people are they likely to see? Have they been out? You know, do do you think they've been, how many people have they been in contact with before they're Mm -hmm. coming to see you? How long has it been since they've been on their own? Has it been a long enough period where if they were going to develop symptoms, they would have. And then when they get to see you, um, are you going to sit two meters apart? will that be enough? Or are you planning on hugging? Are you planning on kissing? Are you planning on having sex? Because um, what they're really clear about right now is that it's got to do with time and proximity. Like you're more likely to catch it if you're spending some time around people.
3: Yeah, the, the longer excited. you're in the same enclosed space, right? the bigger the chance is what we're being told right now.
2: Right, so... Um, oops um so um if you are uh visiting with each other and you're in a a flat and you're in a living room for example or a lounge um and you give a hug and then you're sitting a, a decent distance away that's one level of risk if you're um Going off to bed and having mad passionate sex for three hours—that's yet another level of risk, right? So it's like, where are you? And actually taking people through this, and and also the other way—if you're going to go out and see them, what are you going to do with them? Are you going for a walk in the park? Like one of my um, my people has been going for a walk in the park with one friend, and um, but not but holding hands, right? So they walk around the park and they hold hands. And that's as far as, as they've taken it. They decided holding hands was okay, but hugging wasn't. That was their assessment, right? Um, but that's different than going for a walk in the park and being a dist- not actually get- making any physical contact, for example. So actually, the only way I've been able to deal with this with people is to actually have them really go through the risk assessment. And then we make the decisions we make. Also, asking people to think about consequences, yeah. which which people don't like. They hate when I do this because I want I want the real consequences, not the, you know, the let's gloss over it consequences. Oh well, I could get sick and die, which is said right. Oh, I could get sick and die. Boom. Which doesn't feel like the person is taking that in. So, what would that mean? Well, I would die, obviously, you know, but no, but what would that mean? What would that mean to the people around you? What do you leave behind if you get sick and die? You know, if you get sick, who's going to take care of you? Who else is at risk? And and going through the whole detailed thing.
3: Yeah, um, what are the lists of the people that you should then pass over to people to let them know who are you telling? Yeah,
2: yeah. Do you have anything in place? I mean, this is another one. I'm a, people going to people like, go, this was supposed to be about sex. And yeah, <laughs> <people are> I'm <like, laughs> talking about. Yeah. But we, 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 we place. you know, we've got, we've got, we're about three minutes from break. When we finish this one, the last one, we'll talk more about sex again. Okay, let's talk yes. about fun. But I mean, there are some serious things that people are not thinking, that that not that many people are not thinking about. This is really important. Guys, if you don't have a will at this point right now, I'd be asking you why, because wills aren't just about financial stuff. Wills are about what do you want, what kind of health decisions do you want made for you? Who do you want to make the health decisions? Wills are about who do you want to have your your possessions, even if your possessions are meager, like your favorite book. Do you want your best friend to have your favorite book? Do you have a diary with nasty writing in it that you don't want your parents to have? (laughs) Wills are about making sure those things go other places, too. Um, and then all the way up to, you know, looking at, at who cares for your children and financials and stuff it can be very serious, but it can also be much, much more manageable stuff. But right now, when we know we've got this virus going around that's killing people, it's a good time to, to, to take a look at, at those sorts of things. Because if something does happen to you, you want to think about the people you love and how, how much pain they're going to be in. Do you want them to also have to deal with a whole bunch of additional chaos? That's more painful for them. Yeah. So it's that sort of thing.
3: Not much fun, but definitely it something you need because to Because it's something about. we never want to talk about and we never that's want to think about it. And we just want to be like, oh, that's going to be something that's going to happen at some time in the future, not now. Right. And a lot of times people don't
2: do it until they have a house, for example, till they own a house or they have a child. That And if they never own a house, they never do it. Mm-hmm. Seriously. So we are one minute from break. Um, We'll be back after some words from our sponsors in a couple of minutes. And we will talk more sex tips and tricks. And I'll stop stuttering at some point during this broadcast. See you guys soon.
1: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: Over 20 million people in America struggle with substance use. This impacts both the people who are using and loved ones who are trying to help. Still, there is hope. Tune in to the Beyond Addiction Show with host Josh King. You'll hear from experts and get the real information you need to understand and assist in change. Change can be hard. It doesn't have to be confusing. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health,
2: Hey everybody welcome back to the a to z of sex with me dr laurie beth bisbee and i'm joined by tess today and we are talking quarantine sex it's q is for quarantine sex and this is the last segment i said we get back to the fun stuff um okay so other things you can do
3: uh how about like the the long distance uh sex toys that are out there
2: There are some good sex toys. You're correct. Um, We Vibes got a couple of really good ones. Um, There are other companies as well, and I am blocking on the name of one of the best ones, and I will hope to remember it before the end of the show. If I don't, I promise I'll tell you guys all about it next week. But um, there are a number of sex toys that are not only remote control, but they're app controlled. So your partner downloads the app, and you download the app, and if both of you want the toy, or only one of you wants the toy, and the other's controlling the the um, action, that's fine. And those are a lot of fun. Um, some of them are expensive, others of them are not, um, but they're none of them are cheap. Let's be clear about that. No, none of them are cheap, but some of them are very expensive. Like the highest level Wevibe is like a um, hundred and seventy quid something like that, 160, 170 quid. But the lowest the lowest one that still has app connection is like half that, I think. So, um, but have a look around. If you're in the UK, my advice would be to go to um, Women's Erotic Emporium online to look at their selection because they've got a really good selection. Um, and also because they're really good at answering questions if you're not sure what is what. Um, so... Check that out. Good Vibrations in the U.S. has a good online presence and also um, is really great about answering questions. Adam and Eve in uh, North Carolina also, again, you can get questions answered there. Um, but that's, that's a good one. That's a really fun one.
3: Um, there, there was one I was seeing. I can't remember the name of it. Um, a friend sent me the information on it. But it was Oh, it's a really expensive set, but it was like a two-way controlled one. Oh, cool. Um, so it was like a um, kind of a, a stroker for for the the penis, and then the um, insertable for for the the vagina, and what what one did to one the other one. F- oh so
2: so it's kind of it kind of simulated intercourse in that way yeah yeah oh wow oh
3: I gotta need to find out this I need to find out this toy I've been trying to look it up in in the break to find it but I can't remember the name of it and it's really bugging me um let's just see uh it was like super expensive it was like for
2: We'll see if anything comes up. But that sounds outrageous. Yeah. Ah, the Handy was this sex machine for men. 11 best Bluetooth toys and the 13 best Bluetooth toys. Um, oh, no, this here it is. The, the Love Sense Max and Nora set. Love Sense Max and Nora set. L O V E N S E, Max and Nora Combo. It's 106, well, it says 160 bucks, but I don't know what the UK bit is. So they're great on their own, but where they really shine is when connected with one another. They connect via Bluetooth or Wi Fi and can be controlled via app, or they can be controlled by moving the opposing toy. That's what you were talking about. Yeah. The only problem I think with that is, is that if they say it with, oh, maybe they still can be connected by Wi-Fi from a distance. I'm not sure. We should look at that. But wow. And, the, and it was Love Ence was the other one. The Love Lush, Lush 2 was the one that I was thinking about, which is an egg vibrator that's app controlled. So, yeah. So that one has a stroker. The other one has a stroker and a, and a, and a rabbit vibrator for women. Wow. Fuck. Woo. that could be fun the other thing that I my gift to you the knowledge of that yeah seriously the other thing that that I would mention is stuff like if you don't want to you know don't necessarily have to go for toys you you want to go for arousal without toys necessarily things like um, what about sending your partner your panties I know most of us aren't wearing panties right now because we're in lockdown so who's bothering lots of people are not bothering but, you know, put on a pair of pants, wear them. They're going to smell like you. Send them off to your partner. Or if you think that's too intimate, what about T-shirts? Swap sweaty T-shirts. So you get the sense of smell involved, right? And that's also a comfort thing, not just a sex thing.
3: I know I know quite a few people that are, that are sleeping with partners' T-shirts right now.
2: Yep. Oh, I did that. We were five and a half years long distance before my husband moved here. And I did that consistently, right? I always had... Um, one of his t-shirts that I could smell Um, so yeah so you can do that
3: yeah I mean I did want to maybe mention that not everybody wants sex at the moment
2: absolutely
3: Um, I know I've got a a few clients that are libidos have just you know they've, they've really lowered and they've kind of brought it to me as an issue because one partner's like I you know wanting sex and the other one's like I just there's just nothing there um and about how that is being um brought to me as a problem to be solved rather than as a, a kind of symptom of the environment that we're in and the reaction to the the environment and what's going on and I
2: think that's really important you know um the background anxiety I call it the background anxiety because a lot of people aren't acknowledging it there's a lot of background anxiety for people right now. And when your anxiety is really high, sometimes your libido goes completely down. And so to be gentle with yourself around that and recognize that this is an unusual time. And If you want to work on it, work on it. But if you don't, you just want to acknowledge that this is an unusual time. That's okay, too. Um, I mean, other tips and tricks for me are around touchstones, that there's that the, anything that you can do that brings that feeling of your partner and the energy from your partner closer. So think creatively about the kinds of things. I had um, one client um, went and made a treasure hunt huh. with little notes and different websites, you know, and they'd like, go and look at this on the website and read the first letter. And I mean, it was really clever, and, and you know, I, mean, I don't know if you remember the sexual coupons that people would write out, this entitles the bearer to, right? Yeah. So at the end, it entitled the, um, her partner um, to um, whatever sex act she desired that they could do long distance. And so they had vibrators that they used. But it was just really clever because it, it, it took time and attention and that's um, really what I'm advising. We're actually three minutes from close. So I think for me, the message is find the ways to connect because the connecting is the important bit. The fact that you're not able to touch right now is problematic but you can still connect quite well and do sexy things together even though you can't actually have physical sex until you are allowed out of quarantine. Um, Tess, if people wanna find you, where should they look?
3: Um, so I am on Instagram as Starlight Therapy on um, Twitter as um, Style Therapy because it's not long enough. Yeah, um, you can find me on those places. That's cool.
2: Um, so guys, next week it is our is for relationship skills. I'm with Tony Fonderson. It should be a lot of fun. If you've been thinking about working with me now is the time. Email me at loribeth at com. I've got a group program starting at the end of June. We're going to be doing a lot of um, work around relationship and sexual skills, communication getting in touch with your desire it's going to be a lot of fun um, and so if you want to know about that do email me um, and uh, don't forget to come back next week if you've got Ideas for the show, guests you'd like to see, or any questions, email them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Um, and I am starting um, another uh, little show where I will be reading erotica and some other authors will be reading erotica. If you want information on Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's erotic library, again, email me and I will send you all the up to date information about. The readings we're about to do have a fantastic week do find some time to indulge in some great sex remember may is masturbation month so make some time to have some solo sex before the month ends see you soon
1: We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of The A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: See you next week.